The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, it's Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. In this episode, I've got Julianne Goldmark. She is the founder of MEJ. If you guys don't know about MEJ, I love their brand and their hair clips. Julianne started this company at a very young age, and I feel like that is going to give you guys such a great perspective when we talk about this episode, because even though she's really young, she's been doing this for a really long time. And because she's had this company for so long, she was able to evolve and change as trends changed. And I think that's a really interesting thing to learn so that we don't stay stagnant in our businesses, whether you're creating content or selling a product, always staying new and innovating and being creative. So we talk about brand refresh, how to create culture and loyalty with your products and your customers, and then also how to tell a story through imagery. And I think when she was going through her brand refresh, She really thought about imagery, how things lived on social, how things were styled and evolved her brands from being a hair tie that didn't have creases in your hair to hair clips. And now I feel like every girl and friend and myself included are always wearing these hair clips in our hair and I love them so much. I feel like I can't live without these clips actually. I have them in my bathroom. I have them in my closet on a purse at all times. She recently just collaborated with Juicy Couture, which for me is like so much nostalgia of my juicy sweatsuits I wore in high school and in college. And the clips are so, so cute. And I'm so excited for her and how her brand is evolving. And then don't forget to subscribe to my podcast because I've got new episodes every Tuesday and give me a five-star rating and review. Now let's hear from Julianne. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning of your brand. How old were you when you started MEJ? I was 14. I was, I believe I was eighth grade, middle school. Okay, so you started when you were 14 years old. How old are you now? Yes, I'm 26 now. Oh my gosh, what a long journey. Okay, so, okay, you're in eighth grade, you're 14. Why did you want to start this? What did you start with? We started with just simple hair ties. They were almost like a satin bow-like looking hair tie that didn't dent your hair. But originally in eighth grade, I had started making my own headbands and very intricate like feather clips and all these things because I was obsessed with Gossip Girl, which at the time was a really big deal. And all the headbands that they wore on the show were so expensive. And so I just started making my own on my bedroom floor and it kind of just happened very, very naturally in that way. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you start making these hair ties, which back in the day, so probably like, oh my gosh, it has to be like maybe like 12 years ago now, yeah. or maybe like 11. I would go to different salons in Los Angeles and they would have them by the front and I would always just buy some on the way out. So like, how did you go from making hair ties that didn't crease your hair on your bedroom floor to like actually selling them to people? It honestly happened so organically at first. I remember we would... Literally, I would walk into Fred Siegel and different salons in LA at 14 and just show them the hair ties. And I think naturally people really loved them because of the colors. We had tie-dye ones, solid ones, and they hadn't seen anything like it before. Like the only hair tie that we had known was, you know, a normal drugstore hair tie. So having these knotted ones was just something new and innovative and fun. So immediately people started buying them and stores started kind of picking up on them in LA And then naturally we created a very minimal website and started selling them on there. Okay. So you you created this website. I feel like 
it's like, duh, we don't want hair ties to increase our hair. Like it seems so obvious. And then I feel like you guys were really the ones that started it. And then all these other brands started to copy. So many brands started making them. It's made from underwear elastic, which is crazy. And now I can say that because I feel like it's easy to find out. But it's literally just undergarment elastic that we bought at a fabric store downtown. But we dyed them in very, very special colors that a lot of mass manufacturers weren't able to copy, which was also really good. But I mean, at this point, I mean, you can find them at like a CVS, like so many brands started making them shortly after, but we definitely were the first to make them and we still sell them. Oh my gosh. Okay. So whether you're 14, 24, whatever your age is, starting a business is really difficult. How did you even figure out at the beginning what to make, how to make it? So at the beginning, we, to be completely transparent, we didn't have a typical, I mean, the way I would start a company now is definitely much different than I would have started it at 14. We were really doing things very mom and pop. So it was, my whole family was involved. My grandma was making hair ties. We were making hair ties, my sister and my mom. It was really a family run business. And then we slowly, you know, we found someone to build a website. We started looking into sales reps. At the time, there was no Instagram. So having social media as a tool wasn't that helpful at the time. So we were just sending hair accessories to editors at magazines in New York and doing hard press and started getting into a couple editorial pieces. And that's kind of what got the ball rolling at the time. Oh my gosh. I'm just like thinking of like you doing this while going to school at the same time. So how are you managing, you know, then schoolwork and going into high school and having like a full business? So that honestly, it was hard. I feel like for myself, and I know a lot of people can probably relate. I was never into academics, which is obviously like a parent's worst nightmare. My parents both are very, you know, studious, academic. My dad went to Yale. So going to college and going, having like the what I would say a proper education and a proper route was super important to my parents, but I was always super creative. I was always kind of off the beaten path in comparison to most kids. So I was okay with missing school. I remember once a month, I would like beg my parents to let me go to New York to do desk sides, which at the time were crucial for businesses. It's basically where you go and talk to editors. And I would miss so much school. I had horrible grades. It really wasn't that great of a time for me because I so badly wanted to be focused on something, everything but school. So that definitely was super difficult for me as a teenager, but I feel like everyone has their own thing and their own path. And it just kind of is what worked for me at the time. Okay. So I feel like a defining moment in your brand. And I feel like a a huge thing that so many people want is to eventually make Oprah's favorite things. Yes. So how many times have you guys made the list? I think we've done it twice. Okay. So you've been on there twice, which is like incredible. So was that a turning point in your business where all of a sudden it took you to the next level? Definitely. I think that sales-wise, revenue-wise and growth, it definitely did incredible things for our business. It kind of opened this door to an entirely different world and level um, as a small business. It also kind of did our demographic shifted. So a lot of it, instead of, you know, younger customers that I could relate to, it kind of shifted into an older demographic, which Mm -hmm. we were obviously so grateful for, but it was also kind of like a rude awakening for our company internally, because we had to make a ton of changes with the products we were coming out with and just overall brand strategy. However, it was obviously such an honor and made major, 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 major jumps for us as a company. 
If you follow me on Instagram, you know, I love sharing the best restaurants and cafes and wherever I'm going, whether it's for me locally here in Los Angeles or when I travel, it's literally like one of my passions in life is like finding the best places and sharing them with you guys. So let me tell you, when I found the Scorch app, I was so obsessed. I heard about Scorch actually when I was on Instagram because a few of my friends use it. And if you guys saw on Instagram too, some of my friends that shared it was Hannah Goodwin, um, Jordan Risa, and it's Demi B. Um, they had really great recommendations. And for me, I always want to know the best spots to go to. And sometimes I don't want to do a lot of work when I have to find it all or to keep track of everything. So what I love about Scorch is that it's totally curated. So it really only shows the best and trendiest restaurants or bars, coffee shops, and everything has to be Scorchworthy to even be on the app. So now I don't have to go through all of these geotags and people's photos and save things or text my friends, take a recommendations. Just open Scorch and I've been finding such amazing spots in LA or when I travel. Another thing that's really cool about Scorch is that it's all social. So I followed some of my favorite Instagram influencers on Scorch and they posted on their profiles of their Scorchworthy spots. So if you're a foodie, coffee lover, or a city explorer like me, you guys, Scorch is amazing. It's a dream and it's free. So download Scorch in the app store. That's S-K-O-R-C-H to find the best spots, follow friends, and post your profile in real time. And Scorch is also doing some great giveaways on Instagram this month. So check them out at Get Scorch. That's G-E-T-S-K-O-R-C-H. You can find the links in the show notes. Now let's get back to the episode. So I want to talk about the evolution of your business and like how things have changed over time because... It's crazy because you've been working for so long now doing something where usually people your age, like you're just getting out of college. And right. so I feel like you've had more than a decade long career of doing something and it's evolved over time, but staying relevant for this long is not an easy thing to do. Oh. And I feel like you've had like a rebirth. So before we get into like the rebirth part, you did start the company with the co-founder when you guys were very, very young. Yes. Um, tell us about that and kind of like the process of, you know, buying out your partner to like becoming what MEJ is today. Yeah. So when we started, I mean, we were 14. Um, Emily, who was a friend of mine and from high school or from middle school, I guess, we both had very similar passions. She's She now works in art. So she's very artistic and creative and has an amazing eye. So we started it together and then our moms got involved and it kind of just happened, like I said, so organically that there was no true business plan. There was no, we really didn't know what was going to happen. And I think that as we got older and kind of found ourselves and kind of figured out what we wanted to do, she obviously realized that she had other passions, which is amazing for her. And I obviously realized that later down the line that I did want to stick with MEJ. So once we kind of got into that it was about two years ago. We got into a very like pivotal point in the company where we needed to make decisions on where we're going to go forward. Where are we going to try and sell the company? Where are we just going to rebrand or buy out the other half? And my mom and I made the decision to buy out our partners, which was ended up being a really great decision for both parties. So I'm really happy that we did that. Yeah, because I feel like that's really where it's like MEJ 2.0. It was like you were, sure. you had its its first life and now it's like on its second life of like what the brand is. Yes, And I sure. love what that is. Um, before we get into like the second life of MEJ, did you know when you were like graduating high school, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do next? Or what did you think you were going to do after you graduated? I had no idea. I did go to college for two years to make my parents happy. Um, and I was honestly really, really lost. And I feel like that's kind of something that definitely inspired and pushed me into this second half of MEJ, which we'll get into. But I had no idea. I felt like 
MEJ was something that it was the only thing I knew. I had never had another job. I had never interned anywhere. I had never really explored other options. So I kind of took, I would say ages 22 to 24 to try out different things. Um, I worked for interior designer. I did some branding projects. I helped a couple major companies with their marketing campaigns and kind of just dipped my toes into a bunch of different things to see what stuck. And then I ended up back at MEJ. Which is great because I feel like you do need to take that time to like try other things before you know for sure. And it's like, okay, you tried the you tried the school thing, yeah. you tried other jobs, and it just like wasn't for you. And now I feel like the brand is so incredible. I feel like I cannot open Thank Instagram. You. I mean, besides the fact that I wear every single day, yeah. like <laughs> I feel like I always have a clip on me. It's either on my purse, in my hair, I in my bag. That. I literally like can't live without my hair clips. I have so much hair and I just need it out of my face. So it's that same concept of like, I don't want to crease my hair, but this is so much cuter. So how did you go from starting with the hair ties to shifting in the product to now making like clips and more accessories and not not only the hair ties? Right. I think that... um, So when COVID first hit is kind of honestly where I was able to really spend a lot of time deep diving and asking around and asking friends what kind of pieces they wanted to see from MEJ. We had already been working on a little bit of rebranding for that first year after we bought out our partners. But COVID, honestly, quarantine specifically gave me the opportunity to really explore different product options. And that's when we started doing the clips. One of my best friends, she would always wear a claw clip in her hair and they would always break. And so she was like, can you just make one claw clip in like two colors and see what happens. I was like, sure. And I never wore them at the time. So we made our big effing clip, which is now one of our best sellers in a few different colorways. And we just put them on the site. We didn't really do it in like a thoughtful way because it was quarantine and we couldn't shoot anything or have a proper campaign. So those went up and they sold out instantly. So we kind of realized that there was a bigger market for you know more modern, trendy ways to put your hair up. And we kind of just went from there. Wow, that's amazing. So for other brands who, you know, you've been selling something and something is working. Right. It's not that it's not working. How do you, you know, go about taking the risk to do something new? I think that obviously patience is super important and not having, you know, I try to not get to shifting audiences and shifting our customers was something that was inevitable, but also just had to happen. And I had to kind of remind myself that there's going to be like kind of a weird, awkward, like middle period of like maybe lower revenue, maybe lower sales and followers and customers in that switch. But I knew it was something that we had to do not only for myself, but for the company, if we wanted to really grow into this next chapter and kind of like sustain the longevity that we've you know had and wanted for so long. I know. Cause I feel like it's just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like any company, a lot of them don't even make it past the first year. So the fact that it's been around for over a decade is really crazy. Um, Okay. So I feel like not only did the products get a refresh and like a whole new assortment, but the brand also went through like an update in the visuals, like the photography, the Instagram, the models, the styling, all of it. And so how or why did you feel like it was time to refresh what the brand looked like? visually? I felt like we really, you know, there's a million hair accessory brands. There's a million hair clips and scrunchies that you can kind of buy, you know, anywhere. And obviously besides ours, 
being of great quality. They also have, we customize everything. We design prints, we design colors. We actually do custom paint before custom paint swatches to, you know, translate that color into a clip. So besides that element of it, I really wanted to be able to tell a story and build foster community for our girls. And I feel like that's something that's super unique for something as simple as a hair accessory company. Obviously, there's so many amazing fashion brands and small businesses that I look up to. And I really wanted to treat our company similar to that. So whether it's having monthly drops and seasonal drops and campaigns, we try to build a story around every single drop and every campaign and we get really creative or we have, you know, Camp MEJ, Sweet Escape, all these different stories that we tell through imagery. And then also we really wanted to make sure that all of the, it's not just about the hair clips. I mean, we could easily take a photo of a girl against a white wall with a hair clip, but we like to take our styling very seriously. We work with an amazing in-house stylist, which I feel like has been an incredible investment on our end to make really aspirational outfits. So not only if a girl goes on our Instagram, they're not just saying, oh, I want that clip, but I want to copy this whole outfit. So I look like an MEJ girl or that I have like the, <laughs> yes. full, the full effect. And I feel like that's something that really sets us apart and is something that's been super, super crucial in the past year. The styling is so good. And you mentioned having like other friends who have brands. Do you have yes. any advice that like a fellow brand founder or friend might've given you that's really stuck with you? I think that one thing that Francesca, who's one of my best friends, I know you guys did the podcast together. Um, she has Frankie's bikinis. One thing that I feel like she really taught me is to not be afraid to ask questions. And I feel like when you start a brand at 14, you kind of have this like confidence, but also this like nervousness to ask people for their opinions or ask people for advice because you feel like you should already know the answer within yourself. And without me asking my friends, you know, what kind of prints do you want to see? What kind of pieces do you want to see? Or like, what should MEJ do next? I don't think we would be here at all. Like no question. I will literally text like a random friend on a Tuesday and send them a few different clips and see which ones they think should be in our next drop. I definitely think that asking for help has been super, super essential to our growth in the last year. Yeah. Don't be afraid of asking. Like maybe somebody doesn't have the answer or maybe they do. It could be so helpful. And I don't mind asking people or even asking favors. And like, I'm fine and I get offended if somebody says no, but at least I asked. No, for sure. And that's something that even for me personally, I've had to learn like to be okay with asking and asking for favors here and there. And I feel like everyone is trying to just help each other. And we're all kind of in the same world of just wanting to support (laughs) each other and like make cool stuff. So why wouldn't you just ask for that favor or that piece of advice? So now I'm kind of embracing the asking, which was definitely not something that I ever thought of before. Let's take a quick break to hear about one of our sponsors, and that is House of Wise. I know you guys have probably had a stressful season of life and stress sometimes leads to a nightly glass of wine or two, and that can sometimes lead to poor sleep and lack of energy the next day. So if you are trying to break this cycle, you might want to try CBD. I know that life can be throwing a lot at us lately and we want to be able to handle it. So I'm really excited to introduce you to this podcast partner. It's House of Wise. House of Wise is helping women take control of their sleep, stress, and strength through originally formulated and effective CBD products. 
House of Wise launched last year in the pandemic. It was launched by a single mom, and she was just looking to help her friends drink less and sleep better and make the most out of their workouts, all while juggling the demands of being a woman. And if you want to learn a little bit more, they actually have a CBD 101 guide on their website. So you can learn a little bit more about what CBD is and how it works. The guide is really great because I know the CBD world is confusing and there's a lot of products out there and they either don't work or can make you feel groggy, but I've been trying them and the House of Wise CBD products are really great. They are sustainably sourced hemp from Colorado and the products are 100% organic, vegan, and gluten-free. Two things that I really need help with is stress and sleep. I want to make sure I have a good night's sleep so I can handle everything I have to do during my day. And then the daytime sometimes is stressful. So two things I have tried to incorporate recently are their stress and sleep gummies and they taste delicious. House of Wise wants to give you all 20% off with your first purchase. Go to houseofwise.co, not.com and use the promo code Mariana to get your discount. That's 20% off your first order when you go to houseofwise.co and use the promo code Mariana. You've done such a great job of like evolving the brand and the visuals and everything for other brands who want to do like an, a refresh. What's something easy or inexpensive that they might be able to do or something they could implement immediately? I think that something that can be implemented immediately is probably changing the overall graph. I think graphics are super important. New fonts, new just kind of overall social media refresh is something that you can definitely do on your own without investing too much money. Also, finding a way to tell your own story through imagery has been really, really nice. And you can literally take photos on your iPhone. They don't have to be like a full-fledged photo shoot. So I think that's one thing that's amazing. Packaging, obviously, is an amazing way to refresh your brand that does come with a price. But there's a ton of amazing companies that specialize in sustainable packaging that are on the cheaper end, a cheaper side than you know a full-on like run of... 100,000 units or something like that. But I think packaging and social media, obviously, are two of the most important things to rebrand. Yeah. I feel like those are really great ways to like kind of refresh everything. And then if a brand is launching today, do you think there's anything they should invest in from the beginning for how they look visually? I think that how they look visually, I would invest in someone to specialize in social media and definitely invest in packaging. Obviously, you want the product to be good too. So I would definitely say the product itself, the packaging, and social media. Okay. So it's been a while since you started MEJ and you kind of like refreshed everything recently. But if you had to start or if you did start MEJ today, what would you do differently? I think that now I would definitely do a lot. I mean, when we started in 2009, we had no idea what we were doing. So we hired a lot of the wrong people And we had a lot of people who, you know, you hire a PR agency or, you know, a freelancer who promises you so much and is obviously asking for a lot on your end. And because you care about your brand so much, you'll do anything they say. And you're like, okay, you know, I'll pay you X amount to help me with X, Y, and Z. And a lot of the times, you know, I would say eight out of 10 times, those things aren't fulfilled and those promises aren't met. At least in our experience, we had a lot of negative experiences with hiring our team at first. So I think that if we were to start all over, I would have spent more time personally really getting to know the people that we were hiring and really taking the time to kind of like seek the best of the best and seek people who are really creative and will stay loyal and passionate to the brand. Yeah, that's really good advice because finding good talent is hard and it's not always the person who has the best resume or the most experience. It's right now I feel like too, it's like hiring people who are your 
target consumer because then they're working in the brand, creating the stuff that they actually would want to buy. Exactly. And that's something that we definitely struggled with. We had a lot of employees and a lot of people that we obviously had a lot of love for, but their passion wasn't there and their loyalty towards the brand wasn't there. So now I'm like, okay, if they don't, if they're not obsessed with MEJ, we shouldn't be working together Mm -hmm. because it's, it makes such a big difference. And you can really tell when a team member is super, super into the brand and like really cares about it to their core. So that's something that we definitely take a long time to hire and evaluate people that were um, starting with our team. Okay. So I want to talk about the MEJ girl because I feel like she's amazing. Um, amazing. So when you started the brand, there's no social media, which is very different from now. So now how do you use Instagram and influencer marketing? So we, again, like you said, we didn't have Instagram at the time and I wasn't, I wasn't against using Instagram. I feel like it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, we didn't start with Instagram. So how are we going to jump into the space and be good at it? So we definitely, like I said, treated it like a seasonal, like a traditional fashion company. We have our seasonal drops and all that stuff. I think that a lot of people obviously love beautiful images and beautiful photos. So kind of finding the balance of what our MEJ girl wants to see. Like I said, like a flat lay versus a campaign photo versus UGC. There's so many different ways to kind of navigate what your followers want to see. But we definitely have tapped into Instagram the most in the last year than we ever have before. We have an amazing social media manager, Jordan, who you know, and she really just kind of like goes for it. We have so many amazing micro influencers and big influencers that create content for us. And I think just finding like that sweet spot of what your followers want to see has been super, super helpful and also a learning, a major learning journey for us. Yeah. And I feel like between micro influencers and like big celebrities, there's so many people who wear the clips. So how do you even get your product into the hands of someone that you might not even know? We do DM them sometimes. We've actually had very good luck with DMing people directly that we don't have a relationship with. Um, We have worked with PR companies in the past for gifting. Currently, we do everything in-house and we've kind of fostered some good relationships with, with a lot of our MEJ girls. So we'll just send them pieces when we have new drops and all that kind of stuff. I do think that... And this is something that I know we've talked about before. There's like, you know, of course, like the top celebrities and girls that you obviously would dream of having your products on. But then there's also the micro influencers who will really give you amazing content. So I think having that balance has been really, really important for us. And if you're looking for certain types of um, people to gift, like if somebody wants to get gifted so they can create like UGC or content for you, what are you looking for in an influencer when you're considering gifting? I think just kind of making, seeing, you know, what there's so many girl, everyone has their own aesthetic. Everyone has their own vibe, kind of just finding someone whose vibe aligns with MEJ has been really important for us. Um, and definitely outfits. Like we love to see how girls accessorize their pieces, whether it's on a cool bag or clipped onto their jeans or in their hair or, you know, different hairstyles. We really love to see creativity and that's kind of something that we look for. Let's take a quick break from one of our sponsors. The holidays are officially here and I'm smiling even talking about it because my favorite time of the holidays is all the great food I get to eat. My family, I go to like so many different meals in one day because I've got a bunch of different families to visit on Christmas day and around the holidays, I just want to eat all the various foods that we have. And sometimes I just feel a little bit 
of bloating or discomfort or gas afterwards. And that's even coming from things like Brussels sprouts or cauliflower. It doesn't matter if it's like something fruit or vegetable based or something heavier. So if you guys experience the same thing, you guys might want to try Array. If you guys haven't heard of them yet, they were created to help women feel their best so they can be their best. They've got targeted products that are 100% natural, filler free and organic. And they were formulated by a naturopathic doctor. The bloat capsules are amazing and they work in just under an hour. So you can actually feel the results. You can take them anytime. Doesn't matter what kind of light or heavier meal you had. And it optimizes digestion with the use of five herbs and fruit-based digestive enzymes. And yes, men can use it too. And the bloat capsules were designed to give you food freedom so you can really enjoy the foods that you love without that discomfort or gas or bloating afterwards. If you guys want to try them out, you can go to Array.com and use the code Marion at checkout for 10% off a one-time purchase or 25% the first month on subscription. So you can try the bloat capsules. They have a new bloat latte and also calm supplements, which I really love those too, especially when I'm extra stressed out. So head to Array.com and use the code Mariana. I feel like you've done so many great collabs and like projects and stuff that you've yes. worked on. What, do you have any like dream things that we should put out into the universe? Yes. What you want to do? I definitely, I have a couple. I definitely would love to do an amazing collaboration with like a big beauty conglomerate, like a Maybelline. I think it could be cool to work with someone that does makeup or beauty since it's like the opposite of what we're doing, which is hair. I also, obviously I'm dying to be in Sephora. That's something that I'm putting out there. We just got into Revolve and Urban, which has been on my manifestation list for the past year. So Sephora for sure. I'd love to do something in beauty. And then I really would love to do, I've noticed that a lot of our collaborations that do really well are with people. So we did one one with um, Matilda Jerf and it did so incredible. She's the sweetest human alive. She has amazing style, amazing energy. And I feel like girls really look up to her. And hello, her hair. It's oh, like, her hair is perfect. what better person it's than like the person with the perfect. haircut? Oh, I know her hair. Anytime I go on TikTok or anything, there's always something about Matilda's hair and how amazing it is. So I think that I would love to do one with Devin Carlson. I think that would be really cool since a lot of our girls are big fans of hers. And she also has a company that she started around the same time as, at, as MEJ. So I think that's kind of some thing that I would love to do. Got to put it out there into the world and see what happens. Okay. So it's funny because I usually, people who have had this long of a career, they're usually in their thirties or even forties. So I usually ask them what's better, your twenties or your thirties. But being that you started your company as a teen, what do you feel like is better for you? Like, do you like your teen years better than your twenties? Or like, what are you looking forward to? Maybe a better question is, what are you looking forward to in your twenties and thirties? I I mean, I'm definitely very grateful for everything that I learned and having the opportunity to explore the industry as a teen, for sure. I wouldn't wish that upon anyone (laughs) because it is really hard to do. (laughs) Yeah. So I would definitely say I prefer my 20s and I definitely know a lot more about myself and what I want in my 20s. But I'm just looking, honestly, it sounds cheesy, but I'm looking forward to learning more. I feel like since from 24 to 26, I've learned the most about myself and my work ethic and what I want to see out of myself and what makes me passionate and hungry and happy in the last two years than I ever thought I would. And people always say like, when I was like 20, people are like, you're not, you don't even know what you want. You want to know what you want for like 20 years. And I thought they were crazy. And now Mm -hmm. I'm starting to learn that that's very much so true. And I feel like a completely different person since we started MEJ, obviously. So I'm just excited to grow more. I'm really curious to kind of see where consumerism and small businesses go in the next couple of years. I feel like we're in this very interesting part of, you know, 
the world and the life where, you know, social media plays a heavy part. There's, you know, new influencers and new people and new companies popping up left and right. So I am really intrigued and excited to see where, you know, everything takes us. And I feel like starting a brand young and you're in situations like you're trying to get it into retailers, into stores, you know, earlier than now, how did you get confidence for people to listen to you? Like I I have a business, I want to pitch you this idea or this product, but it's intimidating, especially when people might see you as younger, but, but really you're like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I know what's going on here. I think that it's interesting because I feel like now, you know, in 2021, 2022, like in the next year, people are so much more receptive to younger opinions where 12 years ago, I probably looked a little crazier as like a 14 year old. Everyone would always be like, oh, that's so cute that you have a company. So I feel like, but I feel like now if a 14 year old made a company, it would be totally different. So I think just having the confidence and knowing that even if someone's, you know, not really taking you so seriously, that it's serious to you. And that's kind of all that matters and really sticking with it and being passionate about it and kind of just being patient and understanding that obviously some adults or store owners or business owners are not going to you know, understand why a 14-year-old is trying to sell hair ties, but that it's important to you and that no matter what, you're just going to stick by it because there could have been a lot of times that we stopped. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. Starting a brand is really hard. So for anyone wanting to start a company today, anything that they should know before beginning down this journey? Because it's definitely not easy all the time. No. A couple of things. I think the first thing is definitely to stay super organized, which seems really obvious, but having a business and starting a business can be very emotional. I feel like I watched your interview with Rosie and you guys touched on this a little bit. It's definitely a process. It's like you're a baby. I feel like I have like MEJ as my child and having being mentally prepared and organized for a ton of highs and a ton of lows. There's going to be times where you feel like you're on top of the world and you can sell a million, whatever you think that you can sell. And then there's going to be times where you're like, what am I doing? Like, is this the right move? Am I making the biggest mistakes? Like, is this even worth all my time and energy? So I think keeping organized for your own self and your own sanity and your head is super important, whether it's you know, having your scheduling and making sure you allot time for yourself. I think that's super important. And then the other thing is, like I mentioned, asking the people around you, you know, don't be afraid to confide in some friends if you want to start a business and get their opinions and just know that definitely surround yourself with people who are super supportive and will stay loyal and always support your brand. There's definitely been, that's something I've learned a lot over the last 12 years is that there's going to be people who are your biggest cheerleaders and there's going to be people who aren't. So just kind of being self-aware. Yeah, definitely. You talked about how being organized is really important. Do you have any tools or apps that make your job or life easier? Honestly, just iCal and Google Calendar. I feel like we all kind of just, especially I, by the way, always look watch your stories about your scheduling and it really helps me. Yes. <laughs> Oh my God. Everything is scheduled. If it's not scheduled, like I definitely am not doing it. If and it's, it's not my true. Calendar. I mean, in the last year, I've been very serious about my schedule and my calendar just because it's been so busy. So definitely just iCal and Google Calendar. I send a lot of calendar alerts to my team. They probably think I'm crazy. I just like to make sure that everyone has it in the calendar because it's true. If it's not in there, it's not happening. So I try to stay organized with that. And then definitely the notes app. I'm a big list person. If it's not on the list, it's not getting done. 
And I like to be able to delete the tasks and get shrink. The notes app, I feel like is so underrated. Like I use it for so many things. I have like ongoing lists. I have to-do lists. I have things that I send. And then a new thing that I started doing is you can share the the note with yes. somebody else, like a shared Google doc. Yeah. So you can both be editing the same thing. And it's a game changer because instead of having to text people back and forth for things, oh, it just gets changed. It's literally the best thing. So anyone listening, you can share your note, a single yeah. note. It doesn't have to be the whole notes app with somebody else. So then you can be working off the same thing instead of working off like a Google document. So you can have something like a little bit more mobile friendly. Yes. And you can bold, you can bold the text, which may sound yes. very obvious, but bolding your priorities, like very, very important priorities and then not bold it or like making normal. Fun. I use a little like the bubble next to it so you can check it off. Oh, a okay. little circle. That's so funny. I use that one and then you can check stuff. I'm going to like screenshot and send it to you so you can see it. Okay, it's like this. I'm going to open up a note right now. So it's um the little circle in the middle. It has like a check mark next to it. If you just put it next okay. to it, it puts a, a circle and then you can write something next to it. And when you're done, you can just tap it and then it puts like a check mark next to it. Oh, that's amazing. I've just been deleting mine. I didn't even realize that was a thing. Now you know. It's the best. Now I know. Uh, Okay. Last question is, um, tell me about a mistake you made in your career, your business, working, and what you learned from it. I think that a lot of times I get very excited about things. and We'll talk about them a lot with um, our team or with peers and kind of oversharing. I think that there's kind of like a balance between the two especially in a workspace. And as you know, growing up, I'm still, you know, I'm 26 at the time I was 14. I think that learning to keep things super professional is very important and something that I have recently taken a lot of pride in. Obviously, you know, I love to be friends with our employees and team members and stuff, but also knowing that it is work and that MEJ is my workplace and kind of being able to separate the two has been super, super difficult for me personally. Mm-hmm. I think that. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a mistake, but it's something that I've had to acknowledge as a fault, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's hard. I feel like it's easier when it's early on and the team is small, but I feel like as you grow, it becomes more difficult because then you can't maintain the same relationship with everybody. And then you don't want to seem like you're talking to some people more than the others. So it's definitely hard to navigate as a leader of somebody. And you like genuinely like everyone. You want to be around everybody. It It just makes it difficult as it grows. No, a hundred percent. And definitely as like I said, like in the last year, and then obviously growing up in that environment, it's like you treat everyone like family, but it's also you kind of have to remember that okay, like work is work and family is family and and like friends are friends, and you kind of have to keep some boundaries up. And that's something that I've definitely had to remind myself. And it sounds a little bit harsh, but it's really not. It's you know, it's it's your business, like it is your work, and it's a company that I've worked really hard for and that my mom and I are very serious about. So it's kind of a little like reminder sometimes that um, we do have to keep things professional and just be aware of that. Well, I'm so happy for you and the evolution of MEJ. Thank I love you. all the clips. If you guys follow me on Instagram, which I'm sure you do, I always have one on me, in my hair, on my bag, you like really wherever do. it is. I truly do. Like I feel like I have one almost like in anywhere that I might need a clip. And so I like, I have so much hair that I need to like have something to like put my hair up in. So by the way, the fact that it fits your hair that well, like can hold all your hair is really amazing. I know it's insane. Where can everybody buy MEJ? You can buy MEJ on our website, MEJEMIJAY.com. And then we're also available on Urban Outfitters and Revolve. Amazing. Oh, if somebody wants to try for the first time, which style of clip should they start with? 
I would say just our big effing clip. It's our classic one that comes in a million gorgeous shades and colors and patterns. Definitely that. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. 